Dating, sex, celibacy, orgasm. We're going to talk about all of those things today. Feels like heavy topics, and yet everybody wants to know about dating and other people's personal lives and what goes on behind closed doors. So I'm going to distill my experience because I don't know. I believe that the secrets we keep are the ones that uh, eat us alive. So, um, you know, I shared on Instagram that I went on a first date last night and I went through a breakup like six months ago and that breakup was really caustic in a way that it blew me open to realize like that I didn't fully let love in and it never felt fully safe and uh, it led me into deep, deep grief. It really opened me up, which is so beautiful. And if you followed my blog, I shared a lot about the intimacy along the journey. And that was sort of the way that I, um, experienced it, uh, worked through it. Writing is my therapy. So since the breakup, it's been about six months and I made this conscious decision to not date because I really needed to rebuild my heart. And it's interesting what happens when you create space, when you create space and you don't focus on anything but yourself, like rebuilding your heart, rebuilding my connection, rebuilding my relationship to myself, which and then sort of rippled affected in all of the relationships around me. But in rebuilding this relationship, I not only just like dated myself, but I like committed fully, like committed to fully marrying me. We talk about dating ourselves, taking ourselves to dinner, dressing up, blah, blah, which is really important. And you can date yourself, you can date anybody. And if you're not fully committed to yourself, you can't be fully committed to someone else. So I was like six months, I went on one date, two dates, casual, but I wasn't in the mind space for it. And it was the first time in my life that I felt that way, that I didn't feel this urgency to jump into something next, to like find the next person to make me quote unquote feel full or like this man to save me. I know so many women, I've coached so many women that put themselves out there in this way of desperation that they need because they're getting older. They want to have kids they want to get married. Um, and I had someone tell me something pretty profound and she was like, why do you want to have kids? Why do you want to get married? And I was like, well, you know, she's like, really dig into that, that why instead of like the end result, why don't you just say like, cause you have so much love to give and you want to share it. And it was that simple switch that led me into like, okay, well I do. And I think I need to share that love with myself first. So got out of this relationship, 36 years old, like, holy shit. But I didn't like find fear. I found freedom. And I was meant to get my eggs frozen right after we broke up. And, you know, it was almost like very clear that the energy, the grief, you know, whatever I was still holding on to in my body would then be like frozen in these eggs and that didn't feel safe. So I literally just took space six months. So my first date last night, I went on one or two before and it felt so freeing. Like, I changed once, so I wore the second outfit I tried on. I didn't think about like what he would think was sexy. I thought about like what I felt comfortable in, which was like pretty cool navy riding pants and this like sweet love shack fancy top that just felt girly and like lots of jewelry. And I always wear my grandmother Honey's jewelry because she's with me. And I just showed up 
like with no expectation, but with like a clear intention to just be present. And I played with this word intention for a while. Like my intention is to get married. So I'm going to date to get married. And I think that that's really heavy. That carries so much weight. So I checked myself before I left and I was like, you know what? My intention is just to be where I am, to just to be present. And long-term, my intention is to get married. It is to have partnership. It is to create a family unit structure because I'm that ride or die type. But to just go on a first date, it was like, just get to know this person, feel it out, like feel the vibe. And in the six month hiatus I took in rebuilding my own heart, I can now show up with clear intention. So because I've committed and I married myself, I showed up with clear intention, purpose to be present and no expectation. And I sat there on the date and it was interesting. We walked into Clark's, which is like so sweet in downtown Austin for happy hour. The sky was opening up. It was like crazy storms. We got in right before it started, but they didn't have like a place at the bar. So they offered us a table, which I think made him more uncomfortable than me. Like this almost formal setup as opposed to just casual like bar. And like maybe we would have to order food and maybe we'd be there longer and maybe... I didn't get into any of that. I was just like, sure, let's sit down. And I didn't order a drink right away because I think I had to sit with this notion of, do I want a drink? I know how alcohol affects my body. I'm super sensitive and I love a cocktail. So the older versions of me would have changed so many times, would have gotten nervous, would have like put expectation around it, would have needed a drink when she sat down to like quell some sort of social anxiety and This version of me, all 36 years, which means nothing, my soul feels very old and my spirit feels very young, just stayed present and conversation flowed and I stayed in my body. And, you know, given that I took a six month hiatus, I really felt cool, calm and collected because in those six months, I rebuilt me. I reaffirmed my commitments to myself. Uh, And I reaffirmed knowing that like I have what I need. So, so often we date from this place of need. What happens when you date from a place of need is you attract someone who needs to be needed. As opposed to when you show up knowing that you're good, you have what you need. And that energy attracts someone who knows that they're good. So there isn't this faulty attachment, this almost unholy, unkosher need on both ends to be seen, to be wanted, to be worthy. And so that chase kind of eliminates because it's just honest. It's just clear. And you know, I've heard a lot of advice especially coming from the lens of trauma I shared very recently and throughout my journey about my experience and my experience like with sexual assault and how it's also led to me, led me to create really unhealthy patterns with men. And because again, I took those six months to really like invest in myself since I broke up, but really these past two and a half years to really dig into and underneath my patterns so I could really bring myself back to life and heal myself. Um, but considering that I have a lot to share and, and sort of story, a lot of people say, you know, first date, you don't have to like tell everyone everything. You don't have to unload everything on this stranger. And 
I'm not going to like confirm or deny that. I'm just going to say that speak your truth if it feels necessary. Like I firmly believe that the person that's sitting across from you or standing next to you on the first date, on the hundredth date, you know, on the first date, if you divulge quote unquote too much, it won't be too much for them. They'll be able to hold it. This idea of exposing yourself. Well, if you're going to be with this person then, and you choose to expose yourself, like what a beautiful act of trust and integrity. I have no shame around my experiences. Does that mean that I'm going to sit and have like a cocktail or meet a guy for a coffee and tell him like I've been sexually assaulted many times? No, unless it feels natural. Like there, I don't believe in the rules thing and the too much and the not enough. What I do believe in is if you have shame around what you're sharing, that's something you need to work through. If you have fear around being too much, go back to the time in your life when you were told you were too much and like make peace with that so that you honor that you're not too much. You're, you're enough. You're just enough. You're perfect. You're beautiful. You are who you are. So last night, did I share all of my trauma? No. And if he looked in my blog and read my stuff, like whatever, I, I don't, it's, I'm okay with it. It's, it's not that it's not about me. It's that it just doesn't matter because I'm showing up in full integrity. So when you show up from this place of knowing, it doesn't matter how much you share. It doesn't matter what you do. It, all that matters is that you're, you're being intentional. You're trusting that you are present in your body, present in your words, present in your heart, and everything can really flow, like really not wearing masks. And that's how I showed up. And you know, an older version of me would have been nervous before the date, meaning changed a bunch of times, meaning needed a drink when she sat down. And I, I didn't feel that way at all. And we had this really beautiful rapport of just like listening to each other speak, asking questions, hearing the other person answer. Um, and what, you know, was supposed to be a quick drink ended up being a two and a half hour dinner until they kicked us out to take the table. Um, And even then we walked outside and I was like, I could go, you know, somewhere else with this person and keep talking. Um, And he might've felt that way too, but we weren't really drinking excuses around it. And it was just like, thank you so much. Like this was lovely. Good night. Um, A text after. And I responded like, it was so lovely. Thank you. Um, And back to just clarity, like no expectation, really being integral in the heart space, really having no expectation um, and no fear. So when there's no expectation, there's no fear, then like nerves just subside. When you show up, like knowing what you have, you're not needing for anything. So you're attracting clarity because you're showing up with it. It's funny, my little brother is so sweet. It was his birthday yesterday and we were on the phone yesterday morning and he was like, you know, I'm really busy. I work so hard, which is beautiful because he does. And he's like, so I, but like I'm dating and I want to date. So I was like, you know, I can be an animal in the morning and I can be an animal at night. And I'm like, okay, boo, you don't have to be an animal all the time, but I get it. And he's like, yeah. So I went out the other night. I went out with one girl and then I went out with another girl and the first girl. I was late 10 minutes because, you know, I couldn't get out of my office. So I texted her. I told her I was late and you know, then we sat down and I was asking her about what she does. And she's like, first you're late. And now you want to like interview me. And I think that he was just so taken aback by that. And I share that because like, 
it's a human experience. It's universal, whether you're male or female, whatever gender you associate with yourself or no gender, it doesn't matter. My point being, my brother who's just turned 31, you know, he just showed up and conversation was more like he was talking about what he does, what she does, because that's what's natural to him to talk about work. But that's him being in his heart. Same as like he was late, so he texted that he was late because he was working hard. And he was like, you know, I really want to be with someone who doesn't judge me for that because he's doing the best he can. And so I said like very clearly, like, boo, the person you're meant to be with won't judge you for that. And it wasn't really about you. It was maybe she felt discomfort in what she does or, you know, was worried you wouldn't show up. Neither here nor there. I think there has to be this really like common grace around intentionality, truth. So what? You're 10 minutes late. And so what? You ask about work. Like you don't have to define yourself by what you do or be defined by what you do, but casual conversation, first date, like a conversation about work can lead to a conversation about passion, can lead to a conversation about purpose. Like you don't know where it's going to go. We have to allow it to unfold in that way. So there's this ease around it when you know who you are. It doesn't matter really what you're talking about because you're present in your heart. And when I was dating two years ago, first moved to Austin, eventually met my ex-boyfriend, I was really in this space of like, ugh, there's no men here. Ugh, woe is me. Ugh. And the night that I met my ex-boyfriend, I, before I met him, I realized this, I uh, passed by this sign that's very common in Austin. It's called El Arroyo, and they put up quotes every day. And it said, well, 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 if these aren't the feelings you didn't want to feel. And so the night that I met him, I, was, I wasn't yet in my knowing. I was still in my needing. And the feelings I wasn't meant to feel or that I didn't want to feel were the roller coaster of emotion, of attachment, of love that ended up, you know, sort of manifesting in our relationship that was so beautiful and was very, very much rooted in, you know, this need on both of our ends. And I spoke to a healer early on in our relationship and she said, he needs to be needed and you need to feel safe with a man because I had never really felt that. She said, as soon as you feel safe, in your own self, and you don't need him anymore, it might break. So fast forward, throughout our whole journey, throughout our whole relationship, I was really, really committed to healing. I was doing, you know, once a month, psychedelic-assisted therapy, is really focusing on uprooting, excavating my trauma, and then integrating it, and getting stronger. I was really, really doing the work. And there came a point when I um, no longer needed him to feel safe. And it was a very strong knowing that came over me. And in that knowing, what happened too was realizing that once I had relied on him to feel safe and then realizing that the only reason I I didn't feel safe any longer was because of him. And there's long intricacies in that and I won't go into it too deep because I respect him and his privacy, but... um, We lived together and there were some nights that he didn't answer the phone and didn't come home. And that made me feel incredibly unsafe because I didn't come from a home where men did that. Whether they were partying or uh, being unfaithful, like that's not something that I experienced. 
And also like, you know, after what, 11 o'clock at night, two o'clock at night in the morning, like nothing good happens after those hours. So I was staying up and waiting for someone to come home and realizing that the only reason I now felt unsafe was because of him. And that's when I knew it was broken. So I showed up from a place of need when we connected and I sort of graduated to this place of knowing within myself and that knowing led to me to know that like just because you love someone doesn't mean you're meant to be with this someone so that was a break and after that break as I mentioned the six months was really meant to heal my heart and in the six months because my relationships with myself changed so much like my trust within changed so much not only did my personal relationships change like intimate relationships I didn't date but all of my relationships changed my my familial relationships changed relationships with friends changed you know I have um I don't want to say I have a hard time getting close to those who don't respect themselves but because there's like a lack of integrity it's there's an energetic disconnect for me with people who aren't in their bodies and aren't in their hearts It's not to say I can't be friends with them. It's just to say that um, there's less commonality. Same in romantic partnerships. Where I am now, I'm like calling in this conscious cowboy who is a little bit wild like me, who's a little bit hippie like me, who also honors and respects nice things, who loves nature and outdoors, and who ultimately like works hard because I think that's sexy and has drive and confidence, but like, in their core, in their heart, home is what matters most. That rootedness, that groundedness. So I know now what I'm calling in. And in a way, you know, I, I tell clients often to do this exercise, write a list of what you're seeking in a partner. Write the list. Write the list. This is your homework. If you're listening, write the list. If you're single. Or if you're not, if you're in partnership. And you'll find maybe that you'll write the list, reading it, you might just be defining yourself, whether it's who you are or who you want to be. Because ultimately our relationships are our best teachers and reflections of where we are in our life. Which I think is really, really, really beautiful because in doing that exercise, you can see where you're really being honest in your relationship to yourself and other people. So six-month hiatus from dating from sex. And in that six months, I really also strengthened my relationship to God (laughs) and this real, real trust in my body and that my body holds the keys and the messages. And I developed like a pretty intense self-pleasure practice that I'll go into on a different podcast and less even about pleasure and orgasm and more about release almost as this anti-anxiety practice of like using vibration as like this chakra tuning tool to unlock parts in my body that felt stuck. And I won't go into it too deep here, but using that practice, I was able to um, unearth a lot of unconscious sort of answers and stuck energy from my body, particularly in places that I had been assaulted and so like I said self-pleasure but at the same time it was like almost from the pain to come to the pleasure the release 
So six months of celibacy, no sexual contact with another human, with myself different, really taking on this practice of pain to pleasure, of orgasm, of release, of surrender. Because I think ultimately life, sex, love, dharma, purpose is all an act of surrender. It's not about working harder to become who you are, but it's about releasing and surrendering all that has attached to us that prevents us from being who we are. So orgasm is just another way of surrendering. It takes a lot of self-trust. And because, as I mentioned, I have a history of trauma, and orgasm was never an issue for me with partners, um, but like it was a challenge to not dissociate when I was intimate, which I didn't learn until I realized that I had all this subconscious trauma. And so my former relationship... I firmly believe that it was so hard to leave and heal from because there was a deep attachment because he was truly the first man I really let into my body once I started healing. He was the first man I really let into, I'll just say my root, like from this place of experiencing and allowing and trusting intimacy and pleasure. And because in some ways that felt very betrayed, I left that relationship feeling very betrayed, that I had given him parts of me. And I felt exploited in a way. Whether it's true or not, this is how I feel, and I want to honor how I feel. And I want to honor how I feel and honor that if you felt betrayed in any way, exploited in any way, go into your body. And see if you can heal that wound and see where you feel that betrayal, where you feel that exploitation, where you feel that stuck energy. It doesn't necessarily mean it's in your root. It could be in your sacrum, your lower back, where like our pleasure center is, our power center is. It could be in your throat. Betrayal, exploitation, where you're not saying, speaking truth. It could be in your, in your third eye or higher knowing. It could be in your solar plexus, which is right below your heart, in your rib cage, where you hold your confidence. It could be in your gut. Point being, in this pleasure practice, using vibration, I've been able to unlock parts of me where I felt betrayed, exploited, from trauma, from past relationship. And in reconnecting with sort of my Shakti energy, my sexual energy, my pleasure centers and my centers of expression, I've been able to release that, unlock those parts of me so that when I do call in my next partner, again, it will be not from a place of need, but from a place of knowing, from a place of groundedness and trust and open to receive pleasure and love. Um, rooted in this trust because I trust myself. So dating, date yourself first. Commit to yourself, marry yourself. Sex, that is a major, major, major exchange of energy. We're so flippant about it. We give it, we get it. But when it's done with and from a place of care, it's different in all things energetics. 
which is why I've dove, in, dove into celibacy in terms of sexual partnership and dating in the last six months. And, you know, I've toyed with this a lot as I've reconnected even deeper with this spiritual practice and this deep connection to God. But like, I say this and I'm going to say it with a grain of salt because I don't know what the future brings, but there's a big part of me that doesn't want to have sex until I am in a committed partnership, ideally with the man that I tend, that I see myself walking the next part of my life with, whether that means marriage or parenting or whatever else that looks like. So I really value sexual connection. I really understand now the power that it holds. My favorite poet Rumi says, the wound is where the light enters. And I say that quote a lot. And I believe because I have such a background in in sexual trauma that like my wound (laughs) in many ways is in my root. And it's also many ways where the light enters and light being like the creativity center. It's where we bring birth from. And it's where the light comes through and it's where the orgasm erupts from. And in a lot of ways, like it is our light. And I don't take that lightly any longer. So no judgment on how you share sexual energy, but maybe in hearing this, you'll reconsider what it means to you. Reconsider that you have what you need so that maybe when you show up on your next date, you won't show up needy. You'll just know that maybe that might take a month, six months, a year of being single and celibate, meaning not dating, to get to know yourself and rebuild yourself and marry yourself and reconnect to your heart, reconnect to your pleasure centers. And like even this morning, and I call it ceremony with like an eye mask on and my crystals and my practice and I, with my chakra tuning fork, we call it the key. In my pleasure practice, it's been rare for me to really insert this tool inside of me. And as I said, this practice has connected me and reconnected me closer to my body in my knowing so that I can listen to what my soul has to tell me. And what my soul told me today in this practice beyond, you know, pleasure, fabulous. <laughs> I have no shame around that. Um, was that I still am holding on to a bit of fear of letting somebody in. So my fear of like using this tool inside of me um, led me into this deep knowing that there's still fear there because letting someone in, I don't even just mean physically, I mean emotionally, yes, sexually, intimately means opening my heart again, my body again. And opening myself up to that again means the possibility that I might get hurt. But I've learned that if you don't open yourself up to love, never can find it. You'll never experience the intensity, the spectrum of it because you never let it in fully. 
So in rebuilding myself over these past six months, over these past two and a half years, I think I'm at this place now of acknowledging the fear is here. The fear is here to teach me, hello, fear. I feel you in my body. I love you. Thank you. The trigger, the fear, the teacher. And because I want love, I'm worthy of love, I'm lovable, I also want love and partnership and connection. So thank you, fear. When love shows up or the possibility of it, as it does in all things, I'm going to kindly ask it to step aside so that I can welcome in love and the depth that I want to receive because I'm ready to give it fully, fully. Because I found love of self, which is an ever, ever practice. Um, And in that love, I want to share it. I have so much love to share. So, (sighs) protect your energy. Drop your expectation. Let go of the need in honor of the knowing. Open up to the love that you have for yourself first so that you can share it fully. Doesn't matter what you wear. Doesn't matter what you share. Because whoever's on the receiving end, if they are in that same vibration as you, that energetic knowing, that love, that open, that vulnerability, with some fear, of course, it doesn't matter. Nothing will be too much or not enough. It will just be love. I always say that live young means to learn you to love you. An ever flowing practice of digging deeper into self. Learning us to love us. And so this is me, Olivia. All 36 years of learning me to love me and through every experience I learn more so dating sex celibacy orgasm and the rest less need more no and I send you this with all my love if you have questions please dm me at live young If you like video, I film many of my podcasts on YouTube. If you have topics you'd like me to discuss, please reach out. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day. Happy dating, happy loving, happy learning you. Much love. Oh, also, last thing, this is important. Drop the checklist, the resume, all the rest. Let your heart lead. Your heart knows, trust that. And in trusting that, like I said, it might mean stepping away from the dating game for a day, a week, a month, a year to learn to trust your own heart, to rebuild, to come home so that on your next date, you can show up sturdy as a house, unshakable, knowing who you are, what you have. And sharing that with someone who is worthy of that, who also knows in themselves that they are home. And together, potentially, for me at least, it's me being home, them being home, and us building a home together. Home as love. I love you. That's it. Everything you need is inside. Bye.